another episode of the Speak Real podcast, sharing one-on-one conversations. We believe that storytelling is the best way to empower youth and give them the platform to find their voices. Presented by Youth Speak. Youth experience, youth voice, youth empowered. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Speak Real podcast. My name is Sean and I am excited to bring another special edition of the Speak Real podcast with my special guest, Alexandra, who is the executive director of the ASO in support of autism and Asperger's Awareness Month. Welcome and thank you, Alexandra. Hi, Sean. Thanks. It's great to see you and great to be here. Awesome. So before we begin our chat, I just want to open up with a with an icebreaker, a little thing called Rose Thorn Bud. And the whole idea of this is just to share a highlight of your week, what was the challenging part of your week, and also the bud, something that you're looking forward to. You're starting it off with the hard questions, aren't you? Um, okay, so a highlight of my week. This week, I actually completed a series of running races. I did a 5K, a 10K, and then a half marathon with my youngest daughter. And uh, the races were actually part of a, a fundraiser for the Asperger Society of Ontario, or ASO, uh, that we're going to talk about today. Um, and it was my daughter's first ever half marathon. So being able to cross the finish line with her was, was really special and really rewarding. So that was my highlight. You asked what my child, what the challenging part of my week was. Well, you did just hear me say that I completed a half marathon, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so walking up and down stairs was uh, was a big challenge this week, um, but it was definitely worth it, right? Knowing I was supporting the ASO and helping to provide services to the autism community uh, by racing really, really helped. And a bud. Um, you'll probably think I'm a little crazy if I say this, but, um, the weather's getting colder, which means that winter is on its way. And I am very much looking forward to snow. I absolutely love snow. I like being outside in the winter time and snowshoeing and skiing. So, and I think the world just looks absolutely beautiful, all covered in white snow. So I am anxiously anticipating the first snowfall of the season. Well, I guess we're on the same boat with, uh, with that one as well because I used to live up in uh, when I was working at Muskoka Woods actually a little shout out to them as well uh, I would look outside and I was working in the kitchen at that time and it's almost like we were every time when I look out it's like wow it's almost like we're living in a snow globe it's beautiful isn't it mm-hmm. I love that and especially in the woods mm-hmm. so thank you for participating in that icebreaker so why don't you tell us uh, a little bit more about yourself and why, why the, how did you start the, the ASO? So uh, as you mentioned, I'm the executive director here at the ASO. And so what I do is I work really closely with individuals and families and service providers across the province to help enhance services and supports for the autism community. So it's a, it's a challenging but very rewarding role, and it comes with all sorts of great perks, like being able to uh, hang out and chat with you today. Awesome. Yeah, and um, I, I 
And I remember actually the first time that you, myself, and Jody, who's another board member, uh, I believe a couple of others, I can't remember their names. Uh, the first time that the three of us met was when I, before even I became a board member myself, was at the Toronto Young Street 10K. And then ever since then, you know, he came full circle and I'm happy to still be a part of the, be a part of the board member with the ASL. Definitely. You've been a big supporter for a number of years, um, both through your, your help at all of our fundraising events, like some of the running events that we uh, participate in, but also contributing your thoughts and ideas and passion and energy to our board of directors. So. Awesome. Awesome. So <clears throat> what is ASD? Big question. So ASD is short for autism spectrum disorder, which is a neurodevelopmental disorder, meaning that people with ASD are born with it and they have it for life. And it affects the way a person communicates, uh, interacts with others in the world around them and processes information. So ASD is it's a spectrum disorder, meaning that it affects people differently and to varying degrees. So every person with ASD will have some level of difficulty with those things that I was just talking about, right? Social, emotional, and communication mm -hmm. skills. But two people with an ASD diagnosis will experience ASD differently. Um, so because of this, people with ASD need different, I guess, levels and types of support to meet their needs. Yeah, definitely. Like even through my own lived experiences, like Lane, like you've uh, seen this with me quite a little bit at times too. Like for me personally, kind of going back to what you're saying about the the social aspects of it as well. For me, say if I'm starting a new job or starting a new program, I always like to open up, saying, you know, just a heads up, you know, I do live with Aspergers and I may not have the world's best social cues, so. If I give you one-liner answers, please don't feel offended. Right, yeah. Then that's a good example of how it can affect some people, right, with their communication skills or picking up on some of those social cues that we have in the day-to-day -day world. Mm -hmm. So I know you probably just touched a little bit on this, but uh, signs, what are the signs and symptoms of ASD? So again, right, autism, it's a spectrum disorder and, and it affects people in different ways, but generally it's recognized as um, persistent differences in communication, interpersonal relationships and social interaction across all different environments. So what does that actually mean? It, it means that um, understanding and relating to other people or taking part in everyday family, school, work, social life can be harder for people on the spectrum. Right? They have difficulty recognizing or understanding other people's feelings and intentions and expressing their own emotions. So that can make it really difficult to navigate the social world, right? Um, hard, to, hard to form friendships. You may really want to interact with other people and make friends, but you might be a little bit unsure about how to go about that. Is that oh, yeah. even fair? Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, like definitely through this, uh, through this pandemic as well, like I'm pretty sure you've heard so many stories from so many families on how difficult uh, the it is for somebody to get their son or even their daughter to go out into the community, even trying to 
you know, socialize with individuals that are in person to, uh, to even thoughts of them wanting to take their own lives as well. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the pandemic has been so difficult for everybody and it's been a lot of change, right? And one of the things that we know about people with ASD is that they often struggle with change. They pretend to prefer to have routines uh, so that they know what's going to happen and what to expect. And so the pandemic came along and it kind of upended everything and it changed everything for everyone. And so, yeah, a lot of members of, of the ASD community were really uh, impacted and affected by that. Yeah, I know. Uh, personally, I've been affected by this, uh, by this myself personally as well, too. So big question, where does Asperger's syndrome fit in with ASD? Okay, well, that is a big question. So I guess just to, when we're, when we're looking at some of the other uh, traits or characteristics of ASD, uh, you know, there's some repetitive and restrictive behaviors that people might have. Um, you know, there, there can be some sensory challenges and, and things like that, uh, that, that folks, um, that folks experience. So it's, I think before we start talking about, uh, Asperger's or ASD-1, it's important to just mention that not everyone experiences all of the traits and characteristics of autism in the same way. Everyone's experience is, is really unique to them. So maybe it's a bit simple or silly to say, but I like to look at ASD as a garden, right? Every Every flower brings color and beauty into the world, but every flower requires its own special kind of care, right? You, you don't mm -hmm. care for a succulent the same way that you care for a rose, right? With, with plants and flowers, some need more sunshine, some need more shade, some need special soil or to be watered every day instead of every week. Um, so they're all flowers, but they're all very different. And we don't expect flowers to change what it needs or, or how it grows. We, we just change how we care for it. So flowers need a gardener who understands the specific needs of every single plant and cares for the plant in a way that helps them bloom or blossom and, and grow big and strong. So, so Asperger's or ASD1 is just one of the types of flowers in the garden that I was just talking about right? Um, it, it's it's uh, just one type of autism spectrum disorder. Do you have any um, pers perspective or insight or anything that maybe I missed out on there? No, no, I think you, uh, you definitely hit the, hit the nail right on the head there. That was uh, really well told or what I, uh, like I did a talk actually uh, virtually in front of students, uh, couple weeks back it was through a school I believe that was out in Guelph and one of the so the teacher who was a good friend of mine that I used to work with asked me what were your original thoughts on when you first found out about your diagnosis and you know this was in grade four and I told her that uh, at that age like for as for many young individuals that are out there, you don't have a strong understanding on what ASD is or what Asperger's is, or I'll throw this in there as well, even Down syndrome as well too, right? So when I first found out that it was Asperger's, I didn't take it at, I didn't really take it as more as, you know, I'm cursed for this for the rest of my life. What I like to tell people is in a way, I consider this whole also a blessing as well that, uh, you know, thankful that 
I was able to find out about my diagnosis at such a young age and being able to help spread the, the message to other people about what ASD, Asperger's, or even what autism is as well. Yeah, and, and something that, you know, maybe we should just touch on a little bit just for a bit of understanding, because I know we've been talking about Asperger's uh, and autism spectrum disorder. And so just a little bit of clarification, it might help to, to let people know that until 2013, there were four different types of autism spectrum disorders that were defined in um, the Diagnos Diagnostic and Statistics Manual. DSM, which is just essentially the main book that, uh, that doctors use to diagnose uh, mental behavioral and learning disorders. So the differences among all of these different autism diagnoses were hard to understand for people like doctors trying to figure out, you know, if which, if any, of the, uh, of the diagnoses fit their clients. So there was a movement to kind of simplify matters by combining all of these four different disorders um, which at the time included a diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome into one new, more accurate category called autism spectrum disorder. Um, and autism spectrum disorder has three levels, level one, two, and three. And those levels help us understand the amount of support needed for each person diagnosed with ASD. So uh, level one is a person requiring support. Level two is a person requiring substantial support and level three is a person requiring very substantial support. Um, so people who would have been diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome as, as you were as a young, as a young fellow um, mm. before 2013 are now uh, being diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder level one under the new criteria. So just as listeners you know, are hearing us talk about Asperger's or ASD or ASD one, um, those all really are, are the same the same thing, uh, we're referring to the same thing. Um, and it's important, I think, probably to remember that uh, when it comes to terminology or language like that, everyone is different and it's up to each individual to choose how they identify, right? So some people with Asperger's still strongly identify with that diagnosis and they choose to use the term Asperger syndrome or call themselves an Aspie, um, while other people don't anymore and they prefer to, to call themselves autistic or uh, level one ASD. That's awesome. And uh, I feel like, you know, through through the ASO, ever since I found out about you guys, even being a board member myself, I felt like, you know, ever since even I've joined personally, you know, it's also it's a continuing way for me personally, not only give back to the community, but also to further my, my own personal knowledge and to really educate myself even a little more of what I don't even know about what's the difference, like what we just talked about there about the difference between Asperger's and ASD as well. Yeah, it, there's always lots to learn. And that's one of the things that's great, right? You're learning from us, but we're also learning from you. So it's, it's fantastic when we can all support each other and look at it like a big learning adventure. Mm -hmm. So the history of the ASO, why don't you tell us a little bit about what year the organization started to basically where you guys are now? Sure. Um, so just briefly, we were founded over two decades ago, so all the way back in 2000, um, by a small group of, uh, of parents 
and professionals who came together at that time to address the lack of services for, for uh, the Asperger's or ASD1 community across Ontario. So there wasn't a lot and, and parents were, were feeling like they needed something and professionals were feeling like they needed a place to share information and, and learn more and, uh, and find ways to come together to, to make services for folks on the spectrum. Um, and so since then, we've really just continued that model. We, we continue to work hard to improve awareness and acceptance of ASD1 and to support our community members through a number of, uh, of different ASD1 focused services. And I should mention, if I can, just that, um, you know, it's, it's not been an easy journey that we don't receive government funding, right? We rely on fundraising efforts. I was talking about the racing that I've been doing and the racing that you've uh, helped us with. So we rely on fundraising efforts and donations in order to operate. Um, and because we're a small volunteer-driven charity, uh, we only have one staff member and you're chatting with her today. Um, so a lot of our work is supported by, um, you know, passionate, enthusiastic volunteers like you. Exactly, or as I would like to always say, as well, we're a small charity, but with a big heart. You got it, that is exactly it, right? And we know that there is still, after all this time, um, an incredible lack of services for people, particularly adults with ASD uh, in, in Ontario. And so ASO just does our best with very limited resources to fill the service gaps and help how we can. Awesome. So. I was wondering if you can explain the support services and some even some support systems that the ASO provides for families, like for example, the Action Line, Pierce Connection, and some others that are in the works. Sure thing, yeah. Um, so one of our most important services, I think, is uh, what we call our Action Line. It is essentially a helpline for anybody with a question or a concern or a need relating to ASD1 or Asperger's, uh, where they can reach out to us by phone or by email to get information um, and resources and help with service navigation and to find support. So what does that look like? Um, it might be a parent who calls because they think that their child might have ASD and they wanna know what to do. It might be an adult with ASD who isn't sure whether or not they should disclose their diagnosis to their employer um, or, or how to you know, ask for an accommodation at work, as an example. Or it might even be a teacher who has a student with ASD in their classroom and they want to find out ways that they can better support their students' needs in the class. So whatever the need, people call us and we do our very best to help them however we can. So that's, a, I think, a really valuable, really important service. Uh, and of course, that service is free of charge. So people can contact us by email or by phone, and it doesn't cost anything. We want to be as accessible as we can to as many people as we can. That's really important to us here at the ASO. Um, and then we also, you know, we believe in, uh, in offering spaces where community can come together and share their experiences and feel heard and find support. So we have a parent and caregiver support group. Um, it meets virtually now uh, on the last Tuesday of every month from 7.30 to 9. So any parent or caregiver or anybody who supports someone with ASD1 or Asperger's uh, can come and, and meet and, and get some support. And then we have peer connections. And I think that you can probably speak better to this service than I can because you're really closely involved with it and a huge support with, uh, with making it uh, happen every month. Yeah, so 
as you mentioned, uh, yes, I was one of the few that helped founded the Peers Connections Group. So we actually meet every Monday at the towards the end of the month, and our one of my favorite calls personally before we go into too much detail is I think it was our first call that we did. We had uh, we had a young guy. I want to say maybe about my age, maybe a year or two older, and he lived all the way out in I think it was Japan, wasn't it? It was yes. So that I thought that was uh, really cool that we were able to reach out to an individual who's also on the spectrum and he lives so far away in another in another country and actually how I came up with this idea going into the detail about it now was it was an idea I think I presented to you saying hey let's put our brains together I want to start uh, making like a, a virtual program where I can help reach out to others on the ASD level one spectrum to <clears throat> make a social and virtual social group through uh, through COVID, create a safe safe place as well. Well, that's it. And it really filled a nice gap for us because we were offering an in-person adult social group in Toronto. And that group had been meeting for a really long time and doing all sorts of activities together. But with COVID that, you know, obviously we had to, we had to stop those meetings, those in-person meetings. So the peer connections group really filled a, a gap that people were feeling. Adults who just wanted to come together and hang out with other people who kind of get them and, and understand them and where they can share experiences. And, and the group even goes beyond that, right? You've had some, you've had some really great guest speakers come in and, and talk about uh, topics of interest, right? To the community. Yeah, even uh, a few from the You Speak team as well. And exactly. they even have one uh, join us for the next one as well. So I'm really looking, looking forward and really excited for that. And I'm really pumped for what we have planned out for, for the new year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really exciting. And, you know, we ASO always offers a variety of different activities. We have an upcoming webinar in November, actually, with panelists from ASO and Microsoft who are gonna be talking about autism in the workplace. So they'll be covering topics like disclosure in the workplace and how you can be an ally to colleagues with ASD and you know what employers can do to attract um, talent in the ASD community and provide, provide needed support to them. So we're, we're always exploring new services and new events and new activities. Um, really the potential is limitless. Um, so when, when people or businesses donate to ASO and support us financially, it means that we're able to fund more programming like what we've been talking about just now. That's awesome. And yeah, I still consider the, the peer connection to be uh, <laughs> almost like my baby program almost. <laughs> That's it, exactly. And it's been so successful, which is great, right? It, it shows, it's just evidence that this is something that people needed and wanted. So mm -hmm. we're really be able to provide it to them with your support. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, as we're just about two years into this on ongoing pandemic and the culprit that is COVID-19, if you can share with us, even before this pandemic began, in terms of fundraising and also some ups and downs for the ASO, that still continues to be a challenge. 
Sure. So, I mean, we've touched on it a little bit, right? We, we don't get government funding. Um, funding has always been a challenge for ASO uh, because we do offer all of our services free of charge. Uh, you know, there's, there's no revenue coming in from that. So we really rely on people supporting us um, through donations. Um, we participate in a number of fundraising events every year. You talked a little bit about them. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon uh, is a good example. We're just wrapping that up uh, this October. Um, so the last two years, because of COVID, have offered up additional challenges. COVID had a significant impact on our charity and on our community. And, uh, and we've been struggling to raise funds and to provide services. We, we saw I'm, we've talked about how difficult the pandemic's been for everybody and knowing that folks within the autism spectrum um, disorder community really struggle with change and, and some anxiety and, and a lot of um, um, mental health issues, um, COVID had a huge impact on them. They were really, really looking for some support. So ASO saw this 137% increase in demand for our services. And, uh, and so we just didn't have the resources to be able to, you know, to, to respond and to, and to meet that need. So we're really working hard to do that. And that demand for service came at the same time that all of these critical fundraising events that we usually do throughout the year um, had to be canceled because of COVID restrictions. So we're now looking for funding partners. We're looking for sponsors. We're looking for donors to, to help ensure that we're actually able to continue operating and offering free services to, to this community. And what I, what I like about um, ASO and, and our model is that um, donors can feel really good about when their where their money goes when they donate to us. So we are an incredibly efficient charity. We have really low overhead. overhead. So when you donate to ASO, your money isn't used to pay for you know, rent for office space or for big marketing campaigns. Um, it's really just used to ensure that somebody is available to answer the phone when a parent calls to find out how to help their, their kid or, you know, when an adult calls because they don't know what to do about a situation in their life um, and, and reaches out for help. So donations are, are really used to make a difference in the lives of the more than 1,500 people every year across Ontario that reach out to us for help. Well, yeah, and... Uh... Every time when you say that, it's uh, especially with the fundraising part, even before I even found out about you guys, it's uh, <clears throat> like on a personal level, it, the reason why I love about the ASL compared to other autism and Asperger support charities that are out there is like, you know, this is, you know, finally, there's, this is a charity that I can relate to relate to personally on a personal level we love that and and that's kind of the nice thing we are a small charity but like you said we have big heart and just about well not just about every single person who's connected to our charity um, is so passionate and and believes so strongly in what we're doing so there's a lot of passion and a lot of really good energy behind the work that we do uh, we all really just want to help mm -hmm. so my final question as we wrap up, where can families get involved? Mm. So anybody wanting more information about our services or looking for ways to support our efforts can connect with us through our website, which is 
www.asontario.org, or they can reach out to us directly by email at asontario.org. So info at asontario.org. Hopefully we can put a link or something somewhere uh, mm. that folks can, can click to, uh, to follow us. So we're always looking for volunteers, sponsors, donors, community members who are interested in working alongside us to improve services and support for the ASD community. Awesome. And as for that, this is uh, uh, the, it for our, for our talk. Thank you so much, Alexandra, for uh, coming on and sharing a little bit about the ASO. I felt like I've learned a whole lot about the difference between Asperger's and ASD level one to even how the ASO first first started to get to where yeah you guys are even where we are today as well so <clears throat> thank you uh thank you again and uh, thank you all for tuning in and make sure to check out the the ASO help to support them at asontario.org uh, thank you again alex thanks Tom. thanks so much if you want to hear more stories don't forget to subscribe comment and like to support more youth by youth led projects visit us at youthspeak.ca where you can donate and spread youth mental health awareness youth speak performance charity speak inspire change